of things. So yeah, you know what's going on. Um, you know what it is. Right. This is this is a serialized show. We shouldn't have to introduce ourselves every single week. Um, so we're not going to. So welcome, and unless you're new, and then eh, catch up. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. So that's what um, I like to tell people about my identity. Anytime they ask me things, like if I don't feel like answering, I'm just like, you'll figure it out. Good luck. Hmm. So you know what's what's about to happen. I'm about to ask Nolan, um, where would you like to start? Let's start with the. Uh, let's start I with Loki. Are you okay? I'm actually gonna say, are you sure on this one? Because I feel like Loki is going to be like a bigger yeah. with it being like the series finale. Never. Uh, I was gonna go finale, with Omega. how many Omega. episodes of uh, Bad Batch do we have? Just the just this last one because we talked about. We'll no, no, probably I mean oh left up uh four. Okay, all right. Oh, Sweet. for all some right. reason I thought this was the finale, and no. I was like, okay. No, there's still four more episodes to go on the Bad Batch. So, um, and this was a really good episode. This might have been, uh, no, this might have been my favorite episode of of the Bad Batch, uh, so far, just because, um. I loved Hauser's character. I, I love seeing the uh, the effects of Order 66, however much he was affected because there weren't Jedi on Ryloth. Uh, but I love seeing that start to wear off and you start to see, like, the clone's personality come, come back and everything. Uh, I love Rebels. Um, honestly, I, I find Rebels has uh, better rewatch value than Clone Wars because while Clone Wars has the highest points in Star Wars animation, um, it also has a lot of filler. So you would recommend I would absolutely recommend, watch recommend watching Rebels. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really good, uh, especially like second, ha second half of the second season onward. Uh, it. It's okay, really I was really gonna say good. I saw the first season whenever it first came out on TV, and I just like got lost in it. Yeah, I've only watched I think what we watched together, which was most of the way through the first season. I think, if not through the first season, and okay, the yeah. Second. Um, so seeing seeing Hera was great, and getting a little bit of like foundation for her, like how she learned cloaking, which is like the signature thing of the ghost, and her first time flying, and her relationship with Omega was great. And it was a really fun episode that both sets up Crosshair deliberately looking for them, and also establishes um, the clones starting to regain some consciousness, and maybe uh, take a stand against against the Empire. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty neat. Uh, the <laughs> the moment that encapsulates that the best, you know, where, um, what's his name? The guy who turns? Hauser? Hauser. Uh, when he has his, his mutiny speech. Yeah. And a few of the clones are just like, yep, I'll surrender. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't seem, I don't know, tactically that was a weird choice, I thought. Because uh, he could have just like... I guess he was really fully believing that they would turn with him, like enough of them to like sway the 
I mean, scenario. It happens every goddamn week, Nolan, but I think at the end of the day, that's the gambit, right? Like, <laughs> that's, like, yeah. that's the risk that you that you have to take that we all, ref- like, are subconsciously afraid to take because we know we've convinced ourselves that we all or that enough of us will not take the step forward and do something. I'm talking about the real world here, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that's that's the risk, and he was just a, you know, a brave enough soldier or whatever, or her was committed enough to at least trying to redeem his brothers that it was worth the risk, the, the calculated risk to okay. him. Okay, so instead of his motivation necessarily being victory over the current um, uh, situation, the current uh, instance, what would Ideo- you call that? Ideological com- commitment overrided the need yeah. for victory. Yeah. Right, yeah. He was making a moral choice. Right. A redemptive act. A self-sacrifice. Seems familiar, but I can't quite place it. Yeah, it's never happened before. Not in this... Not in huh. anything like this. Nope. But... <laughs> um, it is It is nice seeing that, like, that conflict is actually visible and, like, tangible in the Star Wars universe. Because it's kind of been so gray up until this series. The translation between uh clones and empire soldiers right like we see the process of conscription beginning and we see like now the internal conflict between what the stated purpose of the clone army was and what the empire intends to use it for so yeah it is nice seeing the clones get their personality back yeah because because like the 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 clones in the in the republic era would have been indoctrinated into you know, republic values. Obviously, they wouldn't have just. They were, th- they were thinking, functioning. You know, human beings. They they wouldn't have just gone out there and just shot droids because that's what they were raised to do. They would have like thought about and internalized like the logic of yeah. of the republic. You yeah. know, so they would have. So the idea of them coming to their senses and realizing, oh wait a minute, this thing is turned into something that is antithetical to the values that I thought that we were we were upholding you know that we were like fighting for that that I think speaks a lot and and is I think a more interesting and certainly more like um, morally complex um, way to to rationalize the the phasing out of the clones you know as opposed to just uh, some kind of logistical, technical thing of like not having enough DNA to keep to keep cloning them, or even like a budgetary thing. But just uh, you can conscript people and give them a a job and everything, and you know you can get poor people to kill other poor people by giving them a roof over their heads. But you have clones that have been raised as part of a socialized army. Yeah. That yeah. you know their their well being has always been been provided for just for the sake of them them being part of the army, and now there's like this privatized, uh, corporatist, fascist military. I think it's more interesting for the for the clones to object on moral grounds than any other way to go about it. So I'm glad to see those seeds are being planted in that 
that area. So you think the reason why Hauser is not just, like the chip isn't affecting him is because it's starting to wear off? Um, I think that's, yeah. Because, like, what's up with crosshair? I don't know. Crosshair, I think it was, like, more in his, like, frontal mind convinced of the uh, ideology that the Empire sort of embodies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I okay. Th- like I he was always authoritarian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know about crosshair, but that's what I lean towards at this point. Um, mm. with, with Hauser, there... Order 66 um, just was targeted towards towards Jedi. Like, that was, that was the order. Um, and, but it did make them, like, it did enhance that, um, that control mechanism, or their, like, what's what I'm looking for? Um, their obedience, you know, factor or whatever. But not permanently, uh, as it seems, because, you know, not only Hauser, but quite a few clones came to their senses in this episode. But also, uh, Ryloth, as far as we know, didn't have Jedi stationed on it. So Hauser n- never got the order to, to kill his commanding officer because he didn't have one. Fair so enough. that's probably part of it, but I think um, in general we'll see more troops start to go that way as... Because I think that it does seem that the chips are are wearing off just in the fact of... Um, I mean, you even get it, like, coded in the last episode in the fact that after um, 12 or 11 episodes, uh, Hauser's the first clone, besides Rex, the first new clone we see that isn't just in white armor. Yeah. You know, like that little bit of personality uh, coming back. So that's what I think. Is this going to lead to some kind of probably like the clone rebellion or something something like that? Um, But we'll see. That would be cool. I think the primary thing will be um, crosshair on their tail. And, yeah, I – I mean, I have to remember that Crosshair also got, like, half of his face fucking burnt off of fucking... I completely forgot. And in this episode, I was like, what's wrong with his head? So... (laughs) It's like he wasn't an obvious enough villain. Yeah. (laughs) He has to be a literal snake person with a burnt head. So it's possible... Why does he sound so much like a snake? Because he's evil. I know, but, like, (laughs) it's... So much. So it's possible that they could, like, get crosshair, get him to a facility to take the chip out, and text, like, uh, his chip has already malfunctioned. You know, <laughs> like, uh. he's, just, he's just like this now. We'd better leave. Yeah. You know, so who, kn- who knows about that? Um, but, and, so I guess we know the... Um, what happened? What happened at the um, not Bazak? What's the hollow fucking hollow chest? Whatever the fucking Dejarik having the Dejarik game between Omega and uh, and Hunter now because yeah. she is yeah. like 
this was honestly probably one of her best. Full on deciding the mission. Full on deciding the mission. Um, and then improvising when shit goes wrong. My f- probably. I mean, the. The best. The best line is her exchange with, uh, with Hunter, um, when she's making the m- the moral appeal, to you know we can't go, we can't just rescue everyone who who needs us or whatever. We Why can't just be the protagonist <laughs> of the series, right? You know, isn't that what soldiers do? You know, and uh, he got played, Hunter. Because that's like the conflict for the. For the Bad Batch. They are soldiers, but they don't have a chain of command anymore. Yeah. You know, so the, the question... The call's coming from inside the house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, are they going to listen to their conscience, or are they going to follow the money and just be mercenaries? And mm. Omega represents that that conscience, you know. It's uh, one of the best things about kids. Right. And the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Depending... What what were you saying about kids and guilt trips? Oh, um, they're so good at guilt tripping you because they don't like they don't understand the concept of what guilt tripping is. Like they just give it to you fully. Yeah, yeah. That they're part of it, or yeah, they're was too it innocent to try and manipulate you. So right. Oh, that's just yeah, that's what I confronting said. Confronting you with what they perceive as the truth, and yeah. you have to like, you know. Take it on board. Kids lie, though. I mean, it's just like they don't lie about stuff like that. Yeah. They don't lie in a way that's like convincing in the terms of like subterfuge. <laughs> right. Like yeah. That. There's. Or it's like mundane things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. things that, that are either obvious or just like so mundane that it wouldn't be. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's either like. Of humor or self-preservation, typically with with kids, yeah, when they lie, like there's not as much like there's not as much ego wrapped up in like when in when kids tell lies, there is when when adults do, you know, or like preservation of I- of identity, but it's more more immediate, but usually. Usually kids, when they're not, you know, lying to get out of trouble or something, and just a natural defense, are just, it's more of a, of a game or whatever, you know, or like how ridiculous or, you know, like, uh, just like a stretch of the imagination or, or, some, or something like that. At least in, you know, how I've experienced kids, I don't. I don't think they have like the same ulterior um, ulterior motives is the right way to say it, but whatever as adults do whenever they yeah. they lie about. Yeah, them. absolutely. But yep. So like I said this is a really really good one. Um mm. trying to think of what what else went on? There's a lot of conversations between like uh <laughs> uh the conversation between Hauser and the imprisoned uh Twilex, um those always felt like <laughs> it's just coming back to the same like scenario and like 
Hauser, you can see him bouncing off with like less and less force and eventually just being like, yeah. <laughs> Damn, these are Nazis, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So like, I'm trying to keep her safe. Why would we trust you again? <laughs> oh, wait, no, he was space French. <laughs> Why would we trust you again? There you oh, go. I was <laughs> really worried the entire episode because Hera's mom, by the time he gets rebels, is dead. So we don't know how. Ooh. So the whole episode is just like they're they're gonna kill Eleni. Damn. Uh, and they didn't. And they didn't kill Hauser. I thought both of them were going to get murked this For episode. Sure. I think Hauser yeah. might die. Oh yeah, I can I can definitely see Hauser dying. I think I'll we're gonna see. Again before he dies, though. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I doubt we'll see him after. So, <laughs> um, Hauser's corpse returns <laughs> for a final episode. <laughs> Bad Batch. But I actually have to give um, most badass line to Hera's mom in this episode. It's like I've I've seen how you treat your friends. I'd rather be your enemy. Like, yeah. Yeah. You tell you tell the fucking Nazi who can have you killed at any at any second. I mean, shit. Balls. Yeah. Yeah. The balls on her. Spicy. But you know. Yeah. It's what it's what like ladies have balls, don't they? Oh, all ladies have balls. That's what makes a lady. That's right. Yeah. So Wrecker does not know how to be quiet. No, of course not. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think it's just like. The way the voice actor has to do that voice, yeah, it's yeah. really difficult to do it quietly. Oh yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> like it's just a. I just love that even whenever Ricker's trying to whisper, it's like someone's yelling. Yeah, he does seem to have yell whispers. Oh man, Ricker was a bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ricker though. Yeah, no, he's he's a good he's a good boy. Since that ship got uh, taken away. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that, that they all have, like, different colored lights on their suits. Have you noticed that? They all have, like, a certain light pattern no, so you can tell them apart. Yeah, there are a couple scenes in this episode where you can see them from, like, uh, they're the backlights. They all have different, like, patterns of them and colors so you can uh, tell them apart. It's very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's very uh, tmnt I love that. I I too. I too enjoy it. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Piss beer. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't have anything to do with what I was saying. <laughs> I just got a fresh cup of piss beer. So what Not are their sponsor. colors? Not a sponsor. Do you well, remember? They should be, though. We should reach out to piss beer. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Do you remember the colors of the lights? Whose colors who? All I remember is Wrecker's purple, but okay, fair. Because I was like, are they going full TMNT, and then like uh, they correspond to their like fucking <laughs> turtle <laughs> equivalent? <laughs> but no, that's uh, it's the patterns out there. Unless Wrecker's supposed to be Donatello, and it's just a complete misreading. <laughs> <of> <laughs> The original series. Yeah, you know, fucking <laughs> Donatello, the party one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said last week, um, probably would have been better to talk about these two together. 
because they, yeah, you know, like. But I mean, we said what needed to be said about last week's episode, and all I can say about about this one is, um, what we've already said, and I, I, I love because uh, there's such a big playground right now between um, before there's like a lot of space already occupied you know before Solo and Rebels and Rogue One and all of that you know there's yeah, like a yeah. decade of space in the timeline to play with so getting to intersect with uh, with characters that'll be more important down the line and hoping that they don't the the bad batch will probably die um but hoping that omega at least survives for a while yeah. so hoping to see like those I'll see those like seeds. omega grow up yeah and hoping to see those seeds like grow into you know the rebellions a, is a big operation we've only seen like the main core op you know uh ops of it but in like the part that af- affected and, and intersected with the the Skywalker and everything, yeah. but there's got to be other parallel stories. Exactly, you know, uh, Omega and Hera could still be off doing some. We know yeah. Hera survived past uh, Return of the Jedi, so you know they could be, you know, doing something. So you know, seeing those. Uh, It's one thing to have a small universe where every story is, like, dependent on each other. But to have, like, a connected universe where, yeah, these people are running in the same circles. We're all, like, on the same side here. They're going to bump into each other, and they're and they're going to have relationships form, and we're going to go this way and weave into yeah. each other back and forth. That makes it a more, like, real and engaging world to me. So that's always fun to see. But, yeah. <coughs> yeah, as always, uh, 10, 10. Oh, yeah, and of course, um, Om- Omega calling uh, the boys her brothers. Yes, I was going to yeah. say that before you walked away. Yeah. Was I, I totally get her feeling that way because that was like a significant, that was like the, the significant relationship between the clones mm-hmm. was brotherhood. That was the way it was perceived. So, like, for her to, you know, feel like that is the level of her relationship with the Bad Batch is entirely appropriate, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, although we definitely got, like, fatherly vibes from Hunter and her relationship, I think that's just, like, a coded separation. It's probably entirely fucking uh, yeah. arbitrary. Yeah. yeah, and then to me, the rest were just, like, uncles. Brother yeah. never crossed my mind for I some I reason. I mean, I saw her and Wrecker's uh, relationship as... Um, very sibling-like, but I think that's maybe just because of my personal associations with, like, childlike behavior and interaction with your siblings. I can... I can honestly see it as as both, but really... I think... (laughs) I think a father role is asking too much of Hunter. Like actually saying it. Well, no, well, I'm, no, I'm, no. I mean, like, for him to for fill him that to fill, yeah. yeah, him to dynamically fill that role, as opposed to I think, 
the the role of older, you know, basically orphans and older brothers yeah. raising their little yeah. sister. And that that dynamic makes sense because you have the the one who actually takes charge, um, and you have the the one who does is not good with kids at all. You have the other one who is uh, I don't know how to put Echo in her in his like dynamic with with Omega. Like everyone else is kind of clear. Like Hunter's the one who actually puts food on the table. Uh, Tech is the is the one who fucking makes sure she uses the right right fork. Uh, Wrecker shows her how to eat with her hands. You know, <laughs> like he Wrecker's the most like you said deliberate like brother relationship. Um, but Echo's a weird one. I don't their dynamic isn't as like fleshed out to me. Yeah, I feel like they're. Their Echo's dynamic with everyone is a little bit less. I don't know. He's the dark horse, you know. Yeah, he's for the sure. Because he's mostly machine now. Well, just he was the newest addition before Omega, and that's true. And kids are just endearing, so they'll obviously warm up to a group faster. Well, I well, I mean, I just think like his personality in general now. He's very dark and like broody. He's not even necessarily broody. He's just kind of. Um, He's a little bit cynical, I guess. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I think that this season, um, the because, you know, there's a split, but the split is narrowing. I've noticed that more people are warming up to, to Omega, and I think that's the focus of this season is, you know, going through that process of some people didn't like Ahsoka when she was introduced. Some people didn't like Ezra. Um and oh, I remember the Ezra hate. Yeah, the, the Ahsoka hate was fucking strong. Yeah. Um, I remember the Ahsoka hate. Uh, what What's wrong with Ezra? I mean, he he was a little fucking annoying in the first season. Um, just I mean, that's okay though. Yeah, it's just yeah. some. He some was also like what a preteen or something yeah. like that. I mean, and you know, some people have have issues with Omega. That's that's fine. It's it's cool to be wrong. But, you know, people are, are warming up and everything. So I think once there's more, like, we know the characters more. Because we know Echo. We've already spent time with Echo in the in the Clone Wars. He doesn't really have to have that much character development as far as, or a character establishment in this show. Um, hopefully next season we'll see more, um, more friction and more growth. Uh, or, like, diving into... The different interactions, getting to know them deeper than just the not necessarily a trope level because I think we know them deeper than that now. But you know, um, fucking the the dermis or whatever. So Echo and Omega just need like a day, a little small mission. Yeah, I, and I would be say to be stuck in a room together. I, I feel like they need to have a conversation about why it's so fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I think she just accepts it. Oh, for sure. She definitely does. Yeah, she does. doesn't. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying she's like. We too. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh, what if she has to help him with one of his machines? I, I can totally see her having like a childlike curiosity about how specifically. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he is missing a hand. Because kids are fucking so into that shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any kind of also, <laughs> missing way more than a hand. That would 
be a good question. Maybe my first question, but there's so many other things to ask yeah. Echo. What is going on with Lobot? Echo <laughs> kind of like reminds me of him. <laughs> you know what Who? I mean? Lobot from uh, episode five. Um, he's got the weird headphones. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's like a robot manservant to uh, Lando. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, if they established that Lando was fucking that robot, or he was just in love with her, what was it? Uh, I mean, yeah. So, is he f- is is Lobot a, like a low down bot? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, I would I would assume so. So um, fuck. But I don't think that has anything to do with Echo's relationship. No, to Omega. I was trying to figure out how to connect it back. I mean, I was just talking but about speaking robo people. Of some kinky, sexy shit. Let's move on to Loki. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, this was basically a therapy session that went as <laughs> as horribly wrong as it possibly could. Yeah. So, um, small breakthrough, and then, dear God. Yeah. Real, a lot of emotional honesty met by zero trust and yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, a uh, fight r- resulting in the banishment of one of the members of the relationship and the fucking uh, murder of the uh, therapist. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. But that's why it like. What a way to summarize that. C minus therapy session. That's why it works so well, though. Um, oh yeah, because it's almost a bottle episode if you think about like what was happening between uh, Loki and Sylvie and uh, he who remains. Yeah, which you know it's. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> um, I've been called many things: conqueror, <laughs> jerk, <ruler. laughs> jerk, boomerang. Yeah. No. Um, dick face. Oh. Uh, <laughs> if you just like went on for like thirty minutes. About the shitty things people <laughs> have called them. I'm just if listing them. Yes. If they you call me shithead. Fuck tits. If you would cut <laughs> half or more of Thanos' screen time, I wouldn't have missed it one fucking bit. No. He was not a fucking compelling or no. interesting villain at he all. He was big and purple. He was big and yeah. purple. And just, hey, have you read Malthus? You know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, like looked like at his daughter weird. His plan is the dumbest thing. Absolutely. I don't know how nobody's like said that to him. If, <laughs> you, if you're big and purple enough, do people just not correct you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just snapping worlds out of existence, I, I don't know if people. But oh, he didn't have that power up until then. Yeah, you know. And he was just surrounded by people who wanted to murder him, but just couldn't. So I guess he. Yeah. I know that. That's kind of his whole deal, right? He's an eternal. Yeah. Just had a really dumb, crazy idea and was just strong enough that it didn't matter how stupid it was. Right. Yeah. Might makes possible. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but Jonathan Majors as uh, Nathaniel Richards or He Who Remains or Kang is such a fun villain. Oh, yeah. He was I loved him. Yeah, absolutely owned the performance. Yeah. I feel like on a, on a polar level, Renslayer was like chewing the fuck out of that scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
like I liked her intensity up until then. Maybe I was just in a weird headspace for it, but it seemed like she was just sort of like just really intense, like face muscle acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Where you she just looked like somebody stretched all of her skin over her fucking skull. She's having an aneurysm. Yeah. She's really intense. No, you betrayed me. And it's like, what? No, obviously <laughs> not. Yeah. You fucking murdered him. Yeah. <laughs> you tried to. Yeah, I mean. And then what the fuck does she say when she walks out of the room? Oh, my God. Um, it was so fucking cringy. Oh, yeah. I'm in sur- going in search of free will. Which means what in the power, fuck? I guess. Because yeah, based I on their conversation. Because she I said the only person that has free will is the one in charge. I don't know. Because before that, Miss Minute, who, Jesus fucking Christ, she's going to haunt my nightmares yeah. for years. <laughs> Miss Minute oh is terrifying. Um, I found so many good memes on Reddit for that. Miss <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minute um, ca- gave her the Tim pad that, you know, whatever information it it had on it. Um, so I think that probably had some, some factor because her, she was radicalized when he, when he came back. So she, she found out something. I think there's probably some kind of contingency plan that she's in, involved in. Um, but I don't know. Obviously we're getting a second season, um, as, as expected. And we're gonna have to watch Mobius and Loki like start their relationship all over again. I'm into it. I mean, it's you fine. N- yeah. That was a severe like moment. That was like a really intense like game changer though. Just it them using Mobius to illustrate that Loki's not in the same timeline that he was previous. I wanted to cry. Or same universe, same dimension. Yeah, and timeline. I think. Well. See, I don't, I don't know, like, with the timelines branching. Well, I guess it would just be on the same branch of the timeline. Yeah, he could just be on any number of any branches, you know. Well, there's always only, there's always been one TVA, but, but, and see, here's how fucking. It just, like, fractured in the, like. Well. They said time moves differently there, and it was really loaded in the first episode. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe that it's just, like, that's a liminal space where Kang can, like, reorient at any time using the power of the fucking... They never say when the TVA is located. Exactly. You know? Like... It's just, like, a pocket dimension or something, right? Yeah, They're acting like it's outside of time, or at least linear time. Right. Like I don't know what that means inside of this universe. So I think all you have to really think about, like, they, they really tried to streamline this and make it as not hard to parse as possible by having the sacred timeline. It's almost like, the, like you need that as a place to springboard from, otherwise none of this right. makes any sense. So, like, you just have to accept the fact that, bef- like, before the events of this, or... I guess throughout the events of this uh, series, the timeline has been one linear stream of events right. that was corrected by a series of bureaucratic fascists, or uh, you know, it it is a splintering. Now it's like a splintering, like co- consequential mass of chaos. And it's important to note that it seems um, 
that it's not just one one timeline, but it's an infinite number of timelines all going according to the sacred timeline. Yeah. So like yeah. in Sylvie's universe had what for whatever reason she was pruned, had she not been, and she went on to do the things that Loki did in the original uh in the Infinity Saga and everything leading up to this Nathaniel Richards being born and everything, yeah. then things would have gone fine. Allig- if Alligator Loki had, you know, like, um, betrayed uh, Asgard to the Frost Giants and, you know, like, made a deal with Thanos and everything. So, wait, yeah, so... <laughs> Hate the, the wrong alligator neighbor's cat. was a Frost Giant in his <laughs> universe. <laughs> That's a weird thing to think about. Right, <laughs> okay, so like the, the Frost Gators. Yeah, anytime. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. So they're like abominable snowmen or just fucking <laughs> alligators. <laughs> That's terrifying. Is everyone an alligator in that universe? Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm operating on the assumption that no. Okay, I really uh, it's, it's just like the crocodile, like the f- crocodile now, alligator tears. Throg, at least in the in this good point. canon. I'm not sure about the It's like strong aesthetically. I'm pretty sure Throg is Alligator Loki's Thor, but I think the Frog of Thunder was um, turned into a frog or whatever. And some and some people are like, when you bring up like, obviously Loki and Sylvie don't share d- DNA. Like they're not literally the same. There's literally an Alligator Loki. Like, well, he just he just turned himself into a frog and got stuck that way. And it's like, maybe, but there's nothing to suggest that in the show. And that is nowhere near as interesting as the idea of a Loki being such a nebulous concept that an alligator qualifies. Well, also, yeah. like, and survive. like yeah. even if you ma- did magic did make a normal Loki turn into an alligator, like, his DNA would have been changed either way. They would right. have different DNA b- as a result of being a part of a different universe, right? Right. Unless yeah. it's just like a one-to-one. Right. See, that's... Well, that's if it was one-to-one, then there wouldn't be, it like... It would be another universe. Yeah. Well, that's... Right. That's the that's the argument is, is it an entirely different timeline with, like... Because this is, you know, cyclical. We go from Big Bang all the way through time to Big Crunch and explode again, and the same thing happens over and over again. Um, so does every timeline have their own, like, Big Bang and just subtle variations that don't disrupt the timeline? Or is it, like, um, uh, you know, like, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Just, like, just, like, splits, just, like, you know, counterfactuals and stuff. But then how do you explain that? You know, like, there being multiple timelines... As he said, stacked on top of each other makes more sense than just, um, well, I thought about doing this thing, and it didn't, and I didn't do it. So yeah. you know, um, so I don't know. And I, I, the what if series will obviously get into that yeah. more. But that's that's the question is because yeah, if they're from different universes, then. Yeah, even if the DNA was structured the same, they don't share a common ancestor. Yeah. They can't be related. But But anyway. So um so yeah, Miss Minutes is fucking terrifying and um 
I, I, I wonder when, and I fell for it too. Um, uh, Marvel has been misdirecting in tra- in trailers since time began, and uh, fell for it too. Of course, the the shot with with Loki uh, wasn't wasn't in the like in the throne room or whatever wasn't in the episode, but we it was emotionally there when the yeah. in the tempta- in the temptation that's honestly what i assumed that would end up being after we saw the multiple lokis yeah mm. but um but yeah uh What's up? My light went out. Up there. Light. Oh, just one of them. I was yeah. like, there's still a light on it. And I didn't realize there were multiple lights in that. Are they both? Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think think they're dying. How much are those? I think the colored ones were 20. That's not bad. No. Can you make them different colors? Yeah. Like one one color, the other one another. Mm-hmm. What? That's bitching. Super bitching. <laughs> um. Do you have to work tomorrow? I'm not sure. It's supposed to rain again. Then probably not. Do you normally work just like every day throughout the week? It varies. Just when you're needed? Yeah, pretty much. But, uh... But, yeah, so... It's a complicated issue with uh, no real right answer but um Sylvie did nothing wrong no like um cause I mean first of all like you we have the the benefit of of knowing what Marvel movies are coming out to know the consequences of her actions but you know you can't you can't know, and and also in her eyes, you know, he can say like even if she believes like what he says, you know that there. And if you kill me, there are other other kings that'll that'll come and be worse than me. Even if he be- she believes that he believes that. Um. You know he's still he's still the one who won the multiversal war and is keeping reality in order by brutal force. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, is he really the better one, or is he just the best one, or yeah. the or the or the strongest one? 
and obviously, um, in her, uh, in her moral conflict, uh, she wasn't right because she had to go through the same thing that Loki has has gone through to to realize the futility of revenge or whatever. But that's what I found so interesting about this episode, uh, and you know, and her in this episode. We spent this entire season seeing her through Loki's eyes and seeing her as the better Loki, and yeah. like what you know, like his his better nature and everything, and all the while, kind of forgetting and being distracted from no, she's. She still has her fatal flaw too. It's the it's the mirror of Loki's, but she yeah. still has like her Achilles heel, and it's going it's going to bite her just like Loki's does yeah. every time. So it it comes. It's not a surprise because from the very beginning she's been dead focused on on her on her mission and yeah. and killing the person in charge. But when she is the one who is not able to to think beyond beyond that state of revenge, and Loki is as having to be the voice of reason, um, is it's not that it's unexpected, but it's such a like dramatic shift that's anchored so deeply in the character that it hits. You know, it hits so well. Yeah. That uh, that moment that Loki is like defeated at the end of uh, at the end of the series, like when he gets back to the TVA and mm-hmm. it's just like a long close up and you just see like the pain. <laughs> it's like he got broken up with twice. Yeah. As much as Sylvie didn't do anything wrong, I don't think Loki did either. No. He was just trying to consider his options and everything. And Sylvie was like, "No, I'm I'm of one mind about this. This yeah. is what's going to happen." And uh, yeah, strange that they like they couldn't even fu- like they had to fight each other. They had to like literally swing blades at each other because they couldn't talk it out. Yeah, like, they had all the time in the world, right? There yeah. was no like they right. were outside of time. They were at the end of time. Right. They could have sat in that room for who knows how long and just like actually considered what was going on. I mean, on some level, I think. You'd probably just end up in your original position anyway, but well, like, yeah. And I think, as we've said many times uh, throughout this show, uh, cognitive bias comes into effect. Yeah, I think the friction of of Sylvie's hurt and needing to fill that void with revenge, and you know, because you think. Rea- f- Fixing the thing or, like, getting rid of the thing that caused it will make you feel better and fill a hole in your heart. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that coming into friction, if she were to let herself believe that, no, the the right thing to do is to not kill him and for us to continue this thing that I think is abhorrent and that destroyed my life and everything, yeah. I those things destroy each other and her identity is wrapped up in the revenge so it devours any thought yeah. of of even considering what he has has to say. Yeah. And I think on some level he had to accept that too. And that's why it's like a real deep pain that we see. It's not just like 
feeling of betrayal of like, oh no, this invalidates everything that happened up until now. It's like, oh no, this is, she was telling me she was this person this entire time. I was helping her under like the pretense of her right. being this person. And now when they like reveal their their true self, or not even reveal, just it's an expression of who they already were. And yeah. there's no reason to to fault them for having their own very justifiable uh, response to something. I mean, you could obviously get, you know, heard about the fact that you both made attempts on each other's lives, kind of. Right. They're swinging deadly weapons at one another. I don't, I mean, neither one of them were ever intending. Yeah, it wasn't and like And Loki, like, chucked fight. his blade. Right. Yeah. Eventually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, great fucking great acting from from both of them in yeah. that in that scene. Absolutely. I really liked that fight choreography too. That was like actually memorable. Like yeah. some really interesting shit happened. Like and just like using the powers and everything. Right. Having a real sense of weight to it too. Oh yeah. yeah. Like when she m- throws the desk. I think that happened in like on some level in real life. Right, yeah. Um and like when the first <coughs> The first, like, move or whatever, when she goes in and he fucking, like, pulls her back, like, you can, like, feel, like, the weight of of her, like, struggling against (laughs) against the pull, which is, you know, great, great acting. Yeah. Because it's all in her, like, motion of being, (coughs) of walking backwards and acting like she's resisting against it, so... uh, yeah, that whole that whole sequence was so. Is this all shot with that like new technology where they're like seeing the projection of the? I don't, I don't know. I know that the lamentous, not lamentous, uh, the void episode was, was shot like, um, I think on blue screen. I'm not entirely sure, but I know they like they did that. On, no, they did it on a sound stage, um, so. I'm sure that that plays a factor because it's it's more effective than blue or green screen technology, and obviously they they have it um, available to them. I would assume, but I don't really know because you know this this show doesn't have a lot of your standard Marvel like previs copy paste kind of kind yeah. of sequences in it so yeah. it's you know it's vi- it's visually refreshing to I watch I really liked the uh, introduction to this episode as well mm-hmm. that was very very cool yeah you were kind of in and out of the room for that part of it but like yeah I, I think you saw a lot of it the just like the animation of the uh it's this it was mostly the voices i was paying attention to yeah it's like an illustration of the big bang in a couple different uh, perspectives, and then it's just, like, showing where we are, like, outside of time. Right. It's very interesting. But, you know, um, so one thing I found really interesting on uh, on Rewatch was, did you catch the very last line of the show? No. Was Mobius... Uh, asking who are you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which I think is you know um, 
obviously a really interesting place to leave the series on. Yeah. Well, and with that look on Loki's season. face. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think one of my feelings at the end of the episode was like, oh, what is this going to do to Loki? Right. You know? So for him to ask him who he is, because now even... Loki doesn't know. Yeah. Because he was hanging on to this this relationship and this like this person as a means out of his previous sense of self, and now that they're gone, or at right. least, you know. Well, and and also, he knows definitively now that there is no, like. Now there's no prime Loki. Right. Now, if, if there was before, like, an mm. ideal sense of what it meant to be, then that's gone because of the new inherent chaos. And, you know, I think you can really sum up, like, the the metaphysical, like, question this show is asking by, you know, replacing Loki variant with human being. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, we're all fundamentally the same and all fundamentally have the same needs. We're just shaped by our environment and condition and, you know, not even just from the moment you're born, but the moment of conception, the the reality that you'll be that you'll be born into is shaped by other people outside of yourself. Yeah. So you know, and Loki has gone through that journey of having to face the best and worst parts of himself and and finding that even at his even at his best there's still there's still a f- a flaw in the in the ointment and um um you know and so as you know you you've got to go through the through the journey you know be changed by the journey to get get to the end of it so at the end of this who is loki you know he's been yeah. rushed through his development in the infinity saga and then had a whole uh, other uh character arc th- thrust on top of him uh to you know to end up at at a complete other side of where he of where he started at the beginning of this of this season you know the um, cuz there's no doubt at all that Loki genuinely does not care about the throne or power or or any of that and is genuinely just concerned for Sylvie because he knows that she's not going to get the closure that she wants from this cuz he's been down this this path but she hasn't and so she has to to go down it um and i i think it's far more compelling with the dynamic as strong as theirs is and as much as you know you root for them when they're on screen together to have a very clear at least to me like the 
the emotional connection is what you think it is, but they're both, especially her right now, such broken human beings. Yeah. You know, the tragic romance is so much more, like, holds up so much better than the will they, won't they kind of kind of shit. Like, you know, they they want to and they're like destined to. But shit gets they in the des- way. Shit gets in the way, and they destroy each other. You know they have, and and I think that that's like for both of them. That's that's ultimately what it comes down to is he can't be trusted, and she can't trust. Which, you know, coming this summer, he can't be trusted. She can't <laughs> trust. <laughs> it's Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but what if but that's also, how they advertise the show? But also. Um, you can't trust me. I'm a liar. I'm afraid I can't trust you. If, if she you're a liar. If That's she, <laughs> if she can't, if she can't trust, then he can't trust her to, to ever trust him. So you know, there's this like right. cyclical yeah. thing that like feeds into itself. So I've. And now that it's been introduced in a romantic dynamic, that's how it will play out, obviously, yeah. is part of their individual growth. Uh, I'm going to love that tension. What? I'm going to love that tension. Oh. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. Because, like, there's not enough. I hate you so much. I hate you, too. Wouldn't oh. it be terrible if we fucked right now? <laughs> yeah, I would hate it. <laughs> like, honestly, I f- um, <laughs> fucking... Tony's an asshole to Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's, like, and fucking S- Steve fucked Peggy's niece. So uh, that's... Wait, what? Yeah. What? Sharon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's so weird. <laughs> right. That's so weird. Did he know? Yeah, oh, he knew. Oh. You uh, creepy motherfucker. Oh, okay. she was into it. That's fine. It's fine. They're yeah, consenting adults. Yeah, no kink wait, wait, did, did Sharon know or did Peggy know? Because we don't know if Peggy. No, uh, Peggy was. Uh, was she around? Was she still alive? No, no, she was. She was dead. I'm pretty it was sure. yeah, okay. long after she was dead. Was so it's fine. After. <laughs> no, no harm, no foul. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm looking really forward to. <laughs> To to Sylvian and Loki being the the long play of this of this saga, um, yeah. and I'm also really glad they kept the Hulk's romantic life on on the down low. I I really that is one thing that I wish that we had gotten less of literally anything else and gotten more of Bruce and Natasha in in game because there was fucking nothing like there's hardly anything to it to resolve their arc and their relationship was honestly the best relationship um until you have peter and mj i think their relationship is probably the best relationship in the mcu and what was it um bruce the hulk and natasha had a like a very slow build relationship through the avengers movies like Mm. romantic Yeah. yeah oh that's cute um, and it's completely new to the to the movies. It's not a thing that like happens in the comics, but uh, yeah. and they're supposed to have payoff in Endgame, but there just wasn't really time to explore it. And <laughs> then she died. Yeah. 
I mean, they could have. They totally could have. That movie was oh, so they, long. They anyway. could. They could have. Like yeah, that, both yeah, of like them were so long. You're already like once you go past the threshold, like once you go past two hours, and it's like really. You can't add another twenty minutes on top of this, like yeah. yeah, like or just take out some of Thanos speaking. We've already heard his line right so many times. I don't need to hear it again. I mean, he to a new person how and much again did he really say? to a new person. I, I think he repeated his I mission I goal like six times. I that movie, but I've seen it the once. <laughs> hey guys, just to recap, we're killing half of everybody <laughs> so that the other half has a good time. I don't really understand the match. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but. But also what really excites me is now we've been through this journey with Loki. I think it's very clear that uh, next season will be Loki fixing the TVA and going after Sylvie. Because the, the Timpad went off after she sent Loki back. So I'm pretty sure she's stuck there. Um, yeah. So, like... We've had the journey from villain through anti-hero, and so now Loki finally gets to be an actual hero with no caveats to it, and gets to save save the day. And I'm really looking good forward. for him. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a million other ways it could go, but I think that that's like pretty clearly uh, a foundation of what's most likely going to happen, at least as far as we can tell from this show. But of course. There's a million other things that are going to happen in the next year or so. We don't know when the next season's going to drop. And I think Loki's supposed to be in Doctor Strange. He's rumored to be. But how much of a role he plays in that. If he's just like, hey, if you if you want to really know what's... Like, Loki, I should have known what happened. Why are there so many fucking... What, what's going on? Well, it's a long story. Looks to camera, <laughs> and you can you can find it all out on Disney Plus. <laughs> on Disney Plus, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Just completely breaking. <laughs> it's like um, it's like the old. I'm sure they probably still do it from time to time, but they used to do it all the time in old episodes of Family Guy, where they do like little like Fox um, little banner gags yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Just have it, just Loki's on screen. <laughs> it's just dis, just Loki. All the episodes streaming now on Disney Plus. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Just him and Sylvie back to back. Like get a load of this guy. Oh my God, yeah. Do the traditional like Disney logo. Yeah. Like, do you guys remember the um whenever they would do the magic wand with the Mickey Mouse ears? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Nobody. It was never convincing. No. Right. It's like they just nobody showed them the shape. Right. Yeah. That thing was supposed to be. It was just <laughs> like. The Draw some a circle. Sometimes they were very deliberate, where they got it like perfect. Right. But like, if it was just the one where they were just like doing it, mm-hmm. it was just fuck it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I saw someone. They were just like, yeah, and like they just threw the wand. The ones where they are deliberately drawing, and you can see it on like the actor's face. Yeah. They're just like, oh, fuck. we've done this twelve times. I want to <laughs> go home. <laughs> I have no friends. I only have agents. <laughs> I want to see Loki and Sylvie do that. Yeah, the Disney logo. Fuck, that was like that's an era that I'll n- never get back. I'm I'm glad for it, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's in the past. Just the feeling of like 
Oh, fuck. Do you remember, like, Unfabulous? Yes. That was a Nick show, I think. But, like... I don't. <laughs> uh, so, all right. There was this era of, like, Disney Channel and, like, Nickelodeon, like, teen soap operas. Yeah. I love that shit. I could never admit that I loved it, <laughs> but I absolutely love that stuff. Because it's really gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here it is. It was kind of like uh, Zoe 101. Yeah, it was Nick. Yeah. It was like Zoe 101 or like... Yeah, uh, Zoe 101 was big. There were, there were H2O. Disney ones, though. I would just love to see, like, Avengers characters and, like, all that shit. Right. We are going to get uh, Young Avengers, right? Yeah. What are they? T- teen Avengers? Avengers Degrassi? <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically. Um, are they just going to, like... Archie... Are they Avengers? gonna just throw them all into like one like high school where they know each other? No. Or are they um, gonna be like a club where they gonna still be separate? No, I think it just g- it's gonna be like uh, your typical like team show, you know. Is it a show or is it a movie? Are I they gonna know. know each other? Either way. Like, are they just gonna like completely like ignore we'll how they know each other as if adults? If it's a movie, we'll see how they all meet and become a cohesive unit. Right. If it's a show, we may just start with them together, like Teen Titans. Yeah, and then get the backstory later yeah, on. Yeah, get get a little bit more depth as is time goes on. Is it gonna be animated? No, it's live action. Yeah. Who's playing? Um, I'm not. I don't know. Are they? Are the actual actors like playing themselves? I know well, it's no, a it's team it's thing, but well like <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's done some pretty ridiculous. So no, it's not gonna be nah. like. Young versions of the Avengers, except for Loki, obviously. But, like, Hawkeye's daughter replaces yeah. Hawkeye. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. There's Kamala uh, Khan. There's Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, played by Iman Vellani. Let's see. Uh, Cassie Lang. Um, there's Stature, played by Abby Ryder Fortson. You know, so like, they're kids or new versions of or twists on the characters. Basically, yeah. will will be the the young Avengers. But Liberty, cool. Is she in this? Um, What's I don't. Her name? S- yeah. Uh, Patriot, or is that her name? I can't remember. I don't. She's like. The Captain America equivalent. Yeah. She's like a uh she's like a teenager teenage lady. A and teenage uh, lady? Yeah, what is her name? <laughs> Liberty Stripe, I wanna say something like that. Fucking and obviously uh Wicked and Speed. Oh, Miss America. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that her? I guess. Yeah, yeah. With doing it like that, I could see them doing it like the Teen Titans. It's a movie. Oh, it is a movie? Never mind then. Do so you it's think it's... What's your opinion on it thus far? I mean, I don't really... I don't really have have one on it. I, I think it's probably going to be somewhere between... Um, the first Avengers movie and uh, the t- 
2017 Power Rangers movie. Thank you. You know, where it's um, just most... It's either going to be where the the long, drawn-out part of them becoming a team is really long and drawn out and boring <laughs> and it's all going to be in the set piece at the end or um, it's going to be like as it was in Power Rangers where the first two acts are actually really really good and like the the formation of the team and their dynamics with each other and the friction really works and like uh, how they grow to be a team like is really satisfying and then they get their powers at the end, and it's just a CGI schlock fest. Yeah. Or da, 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 da. right. Or maybe it manages to uh, have a good C- CGI schlock fest at the <laughs> end. Um, but I don't know. That's the lesson that Marvel really needs to learn right now. Because have you guys watched Black Widow yet? No. no. Okay. So. I won't spoil anything, but I will say... Um, I've been on Tumblr, so I feel like I already know what happens in the movie. Well, what happens in the movie is the first two acts are fine. There are problems, but they're, they're good. Florence Pugh um, owns the movie. And uh, Rachel Wise and uh, fucking... Who plays uh, Alexi? Her I can't remember who plays her dad, but... Um, you know, casting's great. Their dynamics with each other are great. Uh, the th- the third act is just standard Marvel previs action scene. Of course, that, it is. You know, it's nothing interesting, and that really that's really apparent in like in the more down to earth, uh, more grounded kind of shows or in movies and stuff like. And things like Garden of the Galaxy or Ragnarok or something have, like, these big, colorful explosions. It's a lot more fun. You have a lot more, like, room to play with. But they need to start learning to let the directors do the action scenes, too, and give them a little bit of variety because they're all very, very samey and cookie-cutter. And so I I think that's a big question moving forward is... um, is Marvel going to be willing to not only step outside in terms of, like, story, uh, but also in how they approach telling that, s- that story? Because yeah. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm still, like, I loved Loki. This was my favorite Marvel series and probably my favorite Marvel product. Yeah. Um, I'm still, v- I still have major trepidations about the multiverse. Yeah. And I I don't think that Marvel can do the multiverse justice on the scale that it that it requires. I don't know. Who do you think can? No nobody can. It's but a really weird concept. It's like something that's only really ever found a solid footing in like comic books and stuff like that. But well like I think that it's possible. It could. I mean, it could work. I, I don't, don't think there are. What I mean is, I don't think there's enough like. 
there's enough interconnect interconnecting stories and stuff that are coming down the pike to really get across the scale of a multi of a multiverse is what I mean because you I like you can't really go like bigger in scale than than in game or whatever you know so like getting across yeah. in just like terms of just like one movie one because you still have to have like character you still have to have like a narrative arc and everything you can't just all be dog fights and you know like fights the entire time there has yeah. to be you know so there has to be grounded in something i think the honestly uh the D dc would the like the arrowverse would be a lot closer if it didn't suck of like <laughs> you know different versions of different characters you know crossing and everything yeah like yeah. a lot of different like show having three different spider-man shows running at the same time you know yeah like that kind of thing is i think what would be required to really get across the the like the scale of of yeah. the multiverse i think the uh streaming model like the main drawback is that if you as one ip or like as one company release multiple things at the same time there's a chance that you'll draw attention away from your own work with your own work. Right. So you'll, like, there's, uh, there's you a little bit You have to stagger it. Yeah. There's, like, a little bit of math to be done about when to release things. Right. But, like, that's l that's l literally why Rockefeller invented days. Yeah. So you could <laughs> release, you know, fucking what? Loki on, mon on Monday. Our, like, current conception of time is, like, uh, like, deliberately a contrivance of getting the most potential labor out of us and like and specifically yeah. like right the the like the 12 hour day and uh or the 12 hour cycle and like time zones and stuff yeah. are specifically because of railroads oh and keeping, like, yeah keeping trains on time but um yeah where were we before before that fuck um let us know in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Loki, apparently growth of Harold Ranch. Well, fuck. I don't have it. Um, oh, yeah, we we're talking about the um, about the multiverse. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And um, you thought Hawkeye universe, like that kind of stuff, lended well to it. The Arrowverse. Arrow, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like, and I think that, like, in terms of, like, the you know internal stories or whatever, they'll, like, the the impact will be there, and hopefully it's not. I think obviously, with Loki, it's kind of shown that the general audience is, eh, on like their ability to grasp these these concepts yeah. of like the fact that fucking uh kang or whatever the the one who remains had a fucking powerpoint <laughs> and he needed to yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needed to illustrate his scenario like he couldn't just explain it and we'd be able to honestly though like that's how yeah if it's a neat effect if i do something i would do that like yeah. you you know everything you gotta be extra yeah. what else <laughs> are you gonna do yeah how here's are you going to get your entertainment? Here's why you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Just <laughs> an immediate PowerPoint. So, I don't... 
I think he's right in a sense, but I don't really, like, uh, what did Sylvie do wrong? I don't, okay, I like, again, I don't think that, like, Loki is wrong, and I don't think Sylvie no, is no, wrong. No, I mean, specifically when he calls, like, he's like, murderer, hypocrite, we're all villains here. Like, but we've yeah. already we've already been over this. Like Sylvie didn't kill anybody that wasn't deliberately trying to kill her. Right. Somehow she got the temp pad, and it's what we don't know how she got it originally. Because when we first see her as a child, she has it. Well, no, she steals it from Ravona. Yeah. Oh, does she? Yeah. yeah. In her in the courtroom, like she swipes right. from Ravona and takes off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, so then that's afterwards. You remember okay. me. But. <coughs> But yeah, even if she had taken it from someone else, there's still the factor of they were trying to kill her or, you know, yeah. send her to basically purgatory, you know. Or hell. Yeah, or hell, however you want to look at it. I wonder if we're going to get more of Kid and Alligator Loki. Uh, I hope so. Yes. Guarantee we are because Loki has to go there to get to the Sylvie, end of time. yeah. Yep. Ah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're going to fucking build up, like, their empire in the uh, the void. After learning, uh, was anybody there to witness? I guess no. I mean, all the, yeah, all the other Lokis, well, at least all the Lokis we see that we know of killed each other. Um, so I think it's just, and uh, presumably, uh, classic Loki is, is dead. But, yeah. you know. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's a convincing illusion. Uh, yeah, there's plausible <laughs> deniability that they can bring him back in space if they want to, or just yeah, give him a satisfying ending there. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the two. Yeah, but uh, um, we know uh, Kid Loki and Alligator Loki are are still alive, so yeah. I'm sure we'll run into them. Honestly, that's probably how Kid Loki will end up in the. The sacred timeline for for ki- Kid Avengers mm-hmm. um, yeah. is is oh, next time. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, I hope that Alligator Loki is in Kid Avengers. I like he's just there, like a part of Kid uh, Loki. Yeah, absolutely. He'll definitely be there because they they established him like his um, kinship with with Kid Loki. And in classic Loki, as I was into, funny that classic Loki could could understand and was always translating him. Yeah, that's that's alligator thing. for growling and saying liar at the <laughs> same time. <laughs> uh, Just he's a Loki screaming it. Yeah. Oh my God! Conversation that like hits real hard in this episode. Um, the I am not you. Yeah, yeah, and it's a cr- it's a callback to um, their first episode together, when yeah, when he says, "So you would you would just go and create the ultimate power vacuum and walk away? I'd have never I'd never do something like that." Yeah, well, I'm not you. Yeah, can we get on with this? Yep. Like, and again, that's the the interesting like thing about them or Damn, I'm peeing on you. <laughs> go ahead um is <laughs> they uh go to the doctor 
<laughs> how much they they share in common with each how much they you know they are each other but those those places where the difference in and Sylvie knew she was adopted didn't have that tension with Thor but then also was taken from her family as as a young child and grew up on the run. Whereas very, very young. Very, very young. Whereas Loki always had a family, but it always, there was always friction. Animosity. An- yeah, exactly. Animosity. Um, you know, that creates those differences uh, between them. But the tragedy of it is that Loki was was right not again not morally you know they that's a question of you know if you really like follow free will determinism to um to their conclusions you know it's just a matter of like what side you fall on on that but in terms of knowing that she wasn't going to get the satisfaction that she was looking for out of that, Loki was a hundred percent percent right in that. Yeah, he, he knew her just like he knew himself for at that moment well enough. But that's the right know, the tragedy of it. And she was basically killing a character who was like already committing suicide by happenstance, at least. If what he was saying is true and that, like, well, I mean, it must be considering what we saw of the fracturing timelines. Uh, yeah, he gave no fucks. Yeah, he was basically just like, fucking, I c- he couldn't really die, but he knew that that version of him could die. Right. It's strange. It's like, they're almost being confronted with, the c- like, the concept of, like, in a weird, uh, I guess, an Eastern sense, uh, enlightenment. Like, the concept of beyond personhood. Right. You know, where it's just, like, you can accept to be an individual and the world around you is just chaos. You're fighting against forces that you can't perceive and to enact your own will is, like, purely the result of consequence and uh, determination against the very nature of the universe. But to submit also to like the the concepts of enlightenment doesn't really like afford you any escape of that previous notion but it does align the chaos that you experience to uh a grander power that you have no fucking uh influence over yeah and uh and and Matt has brushed up on this a little bit, uh, but you know whether or not I I lean towards it in a rational sense. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to really say, but I do like the the poetry of of time going in that cycle, you know. Like, at the end, when the universe collapses into itself, and then it has recreated the uh, conditions that precipitated the Big Bang, 
and and that happens again, and there will inevitably be uh, a planet uh, at the proper distance from a s- from a star, from just the natural cycle of of, of events that just happen through cause and effect, you know, and you know maybe this time the the a- a little uh, counterfactuals, the asteroid misses and doesn't kill the dinosaurs or you know yeah or um or there isn't an an ice age at a specific point in right. human evolution so we never come down from the trees or something yeah. like that or or um alf becomes the longest running tv show on the earth and it consumes all other media or the alf for president or the german revolution oh succeeds yeah. you know like but the idea that speaking of Nazis, <laughs> right? The uh, the idea that all of that everything just kind of just goes around the same way over and over again, just maybe slightly different. I don't know. Is a little there's a little bit of like hope because, as you said, even though it's not you um, in the individual egoic um like structure uh maybe a version of you does does better or you know or or whatever but i like that whole way of looking at time um is um I think it's kind of a relief. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Because you think about, like, your own personal insignificance, not not in the sense of, like, a lack of meaning, but, like, a lack of absolute consequence. Right. You know, like, if it's all just, you know, everything's getting from point A to point B and not everything starts in the same place, then who's to say that, like, things aren't completely different just from a slight variation and if if things are as we see them to be, then it doesn't really seem like anything has any inherent importance, which is scary when you first consider it, because it's like, oh, well, if I'm not, you know, part of a kind of divine consequence, then, you know, what am I really? But then right. you get the the further understanding and the the safety and the relief in knowing that it's freeing. It's it's the only true freedom you can experience to to ha- live in the in the knowledge of your own personal um uh temporary nature. Right. Yeah. That you just get to be and then you're done being and you'll never not have been but your being wasn't the only thing. So and cool. You know, um <laughs> A plus, love it. You know, Obviously, when you get down to it, there is there is no free will because every action is determined by environmental and subconscious factors that you are not aware of and that you're not consciously determining in the moment. Yeah. And so, therefore, you can't possibly be free to make any choice Right. Del- specifically of its own uh of its own value 
in that moment. There's so many things playing a role. But you have to operate as if. Uh, as have. if. And that yeah. is it's that like is the You could decide to put your dick into an outlet. But like it it wasn't purely just the material reality around you that was informing that decision. It was your own personal set of subconscious urges right. and uh, needing to be electrocuted. Yeah, so that's 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 why I put my dick in the outlet. I mean, why somebody would put their dick in an outlet. And that's, you know, the the struggle that that Sylvie really came up against <laughs> was putting her dick in an outlet. Yeah, was was like if you like if you put your dick in an, in an outlet. Then yeah, it'll short. Chances are you're gonna get shocked. Right. <laughs> yeah. Basically, and like, I'm. I would rather take the. You put your dick in an outlet. Chances are you're gonna get shocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like, it's, it's worth the, the risk, um, or the <laughs> or the or the consequence or the consequence. Yeah. To assert free will. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, it's the only decision, really. Right. Because any anyone you know can can say uh, can assert assert free will uh, absent of uh, of of consequence. But you know, it's it's when there isn't an. E- I mean, it's kind of a of a trolley situation. It's just Sylvie was had conviction enough to like, no, not only uh, do I think it's like, uh, well, I guess she actually, in in this analogy, she killed the f- the four people. But yeah, uh, she's like, like all four of those people are Nazis, and I know they are. Right. <laughs> so it's or better it's for me like, to kill them, other than the dude I don't know. <laughs> oh no, actually no, she killed the one. The other four were Nazis, and she let them. Let them go. That's that's is what that she. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. I mean, they're all they were, be, yeah. they're all Nazis, right? Because now there's yeah. more. Nazis. But she's like, I hate this Nazi. Yeah, this yeah. is the personal. This is I know this Nazi. Right, I know this one Fuck specifically. This Nazi. Yeah. yeah. So those other right. ones, maybe not. Right. Yeah. Or we even don't know so about those other Nazis. Even yeah. so, we don't know about those Nazis over there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great. Great show. Um, really looking forward to next season and yeah, uh, I'm into it. seeing. I like this. Yeah, uh, cannot wait to see both of these characters and Mobius and uh, the other Lokis and everything. Yeah, in the future. I like a lot of Marvel stuff, but pretty much almost all of it, I would say, isn't actually good. It's right. just like fun. Right. But this I thought was good. Like yeah. this is actually a good series. Yeah. Like on- honestly, I feel like the way I felt like when I watched the first season of uh yeah maybe not this quite this much but like i feel the way i felt when i watched the first season of true detective you know mm. and that's like heralded as like yeah one of the best seasons of television i really thought it was amazing but uh fucking this has like a similar appeal where i'm just like yeah this is good on its own merits i don't have to think about anything other than this being this and it's fucking cool right um so that uh, wraps up that show. Uh, I feel like there's a million things to say about this 
about this episode, but I feel like we've covered it. Yeah. Um, so, moving forward for the next few weeks, we've uh, just got the Bad Batch to talk about. So, um, are you ready to rumble? Just what? What? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready to to rumble <laughs> through? Uh, well, I guess we'll be we'll be starting up in uh up in Coulter, making our way towards uh Horseshoe Overlook. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So yeah, I'm into that. We can do that. So yeah, so we're gonna do something I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Uh, we're going to play through Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, each week to a little bit more. This first time we're gonna do. Uh, I guess we'll just do the first chapter. Uh, like right. the 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 prologue and and Coulter, um, and we'll, we'll uh, talk about the like the historical context of at least of of America and how much we can uh, paste that onto the Red Dead world and you know the the dynamics of of the gang and their relationships and the, and the story and all of that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And of course we'll, uh, keep talking about the bad batch and, uh, and then what if comes out in August. So we'll pick up on that as well. But for now, um, be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses, uh, come out to the be good show next Saturday. Yep. Uh, at, at Paducah Throwing Stars. Paducah Axe. <laughs> Paducah Throwing Stars is closed that weekend for renovations. Somebody threw a throwing star through the uh, breaker, and it electrocuted actually four people. So look for that in your local news, in totally real news. But they were uh, all veterans also. Anyway, bye.